Amen. The new is here. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, Happy New Year. Praise God. It's good to be together again here in person and online. <laughs> good to see some familiar faces from far away here today. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Listen, it is the beginning of a new year, new opportunities, a fresh start. And I trust that you guys had a, a wonderful entrance into the new year, peaceful, joyful. In December, we... We get to celebrate Christmas. We get to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And in January, <laughs> we get to celebrate New Year, a new beginning, a brand new page in the book of our lives. And praise God that we are here. We've been given another page in the book of our lives. Did you know that God changed the calendar of the Hebrews just when he freed them from Egypt, in that month, he changed their calendar. He said, this month will be your first month. He made that month, the month of deliverance, the first month of the year. And in a sense, we also celebrate freedom today too. We celebrate freedom as we start another year. Someone said that every man should be born again on the first day of January. Amen? Everyone should be born again on the first day of January, knowing that we've got a brand new year ahead of us. There is a sense of freshness and a new beginning. For some people, January means a, a brand new grade in school or a brand new year in tertiary education with all the excitement of new classes, maybe new friends, and certainly a whole lot of new knowledge. For others, January means a new job. For some, their first job. For others, it's just another year, and they are going back to the same old routine, isn't it? But there is still a renewed sense of hope that this year will be a better year than last year. And everybody said, Amen. <laughs> All right. That is certainly what we hope. Hallelujah. But for the Christian, our hope is not in the new year, but in the one who makes all things new. Amen. That is where our hope is. And so, come on, go ahead. Yeah, come on, give him the glory. That is in whom our hope is. New years come and go, but he is the only one that can make all things new in our lives. And so, as we start a new year, I want to share with you on foundations for 2022. Foundations for 2022. Foundation is something you build upon. You can't build a house without foundations. If you've got a strong foundation, you're going to have a strong house. You remember the story that Jesus told about those two builders? The one built on a solid foundation on rock, and the other one just built upon the sand. No foundation at all. And you know what happened when the storms came? The one that had good foundation, the house stood strong. The house with no foundation was just washed away. And so we want to build upon solid rock foundation. Hallelujah. And so here are four solid biblical foundations upon which you can build in 2022. You could say that these are 
four solid foundations upon which you can build 2022 on. Amen? Let's build 2022 on these solid foundations. Amen. Here we go. Number one is gratitude. Number one is gratitude. What a solid foundation this is. And you've heard a lot about gratitude around here in the teachings that we've heard here in the past. Remembering that God has done great things for us. Remembering what God has done for us is an ancient biblical principle. In Psalm 103, verse 2, the psalmist wrote, David, he said, Praise the Lord, O my soul, and never forget all the good he has done. We are familiar with the story of David. There was a lot of trouble in his life, a lot of hurt, a lot of sorrow, a lot of disappointment. And yet, he could stop and remember that in spite of all of that, there was a lot of good that God had done in his life. And maybe you've been through a rough 2021. But if you stop and you look back, you will also notice that in spite of disappointments and difficulties and sorrow, you can look back and say, hey, God did good things to me in that year too. Let's remember the good that God has done and be grateful. Let's ha- let us have gratitude for what God has done. Try and remember specific things that the Lord has done in your life. Be grateful for the blessings you have received. It is good to, to count them, to name them. There's an old hymn which used to say, count your blessings, name them one by one. And you'll be surprised at what God has done. We all tend to suffer what I call the red robot syndrome. You drive from home to church, you've got to cross 10 robots. The first one is green, the second one is green, the third one is green, and then comes the red robot and you stop, no problem. You take off and the next robot is red again and you stop. You take off and the next robot is red again. And you say, what is going on? What has the city council got against me? Why must I stop at every robot? And then the rest of them are green and you get to church. But when you get to church, you don't talk about the seven green robots. You talk about the three red robots. And how delayed you were and how frustrated. Isn't it like that? And in our lives, we tend to take notice of the red robots in our lives. And we ignore all the green ones. But if you stop and count the green robots, you'll be surprised with what God has done in your life. Yes, life has frustrations. Life has disappointments. There are moments of, uh, but there's a much more good if you'll just take the trouble to notice the blessings that you have received. Let's be grateful for what did not happen. My wife is very good at reminding us about this very often. When something happens, and you go, oh my goodness, happened. And then she says, well, let's thank God for what did not happen because it could have been a lot worse. Hmm? So think about your life, things that happened to you in this past year. And praise God for what did not happen. It could have happened, but did not happen. Let's be grateful for that. Let's be grateful that God has helped you to get through that time of pain and loss in your life. For some of you, for some people, there has been pain and loss in 2021. But God has enabled you to get through that. Be grateful for that. He gave you the courage, the strength, the peace. And even now, he's sustaining you. 
Be grateful for that. Be grateful for what you know God is still going to do. We know his promises are yes and amen. We know he's not finished with us yet. There's so much more he wants to do in our lives. So be grateful for the blessings that you expect to receive and for that which God is still going to do. Amen? Gratitude is a great foundation to build on in this new year. The second foundation is humility. Humility. 1 Peter 5 verse 5 says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed in humility. Be clothed in humility. Put on humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Wow. Proud people. God resists them. I don't want to be resisted by God. He's much bigger than me, okay? I, I want his favor on my side. And so he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And he says, be clothed in humility. So I can put on humility. It's a choice that I make. So accept and agree that you are not perfect, <laughs> that you need a savior. Amen? I, I've agreed with that long ago, my friend. I know me. I need the Savior. I don't know about you, but I, I do. Okay, I do. And, uh, and, and so, agree and, and receive that. That's humility. What else? Repent from sin. That's humility too. Maybe sin that you've committed. Maybe you're aware of sins, specific things that you've committed. So, repent of that. But maybe it was not an open sin, but maybe just neglected Christian duties. There are those sins of omission, the things you should do but you don't do. And the Bible says if you know how to do good and you don't do it, you're sinning, <laughs> all right? If you know what you should do but you don't do it, those are sins too. And so we need to repent of those. Things like, you know, being fellowship, giving, sharing the gospel, serving others, using gifts and talents. And, and sometimes we hold back on these things. We're not committing any bad thing we are just not doing the good thing we could do and should do huh? <laughs> we need to repent of that too we need to repent of internal sins the, the things that people don't see but they are inside of us things like pride like hatred jealousy envy malice you know we, we, we don't show them we come to church we're nice and smiley you know but inside, those things are there. And people don't know it, but you know it when you've got it inside of you. And the Holy Spirit is talking to you all the time about that. You go, ah. <laughs> we need to repent, people. We need to be humble enough to repent of, of these things. Humility means you have to acknowledge your dependence on the grace and mercy of God for your daily existence, for your strength, your abilities, your achievements. It's not because you're such a good person. Yes, you put work into it. And many of you did very well in your studies and you passed your grades and, you, and you, you're doing well in your job because you're working hard. Praise God for that. But who gave you the strength to do it? Who's keeping you alive? Who's keeping your breath going? As the Bible says, in Him, we move and live. We live and move and have our being. <laughs> if God just lifts His hands from my life for two seconds, I'm gone. Amen, sister. 
Any one of us. I don't care how good you think you are, how strong you think you are. If the Lord just lifts his hands from your life, bye-bye. I don't care how fit you are. Amen? Oh, so we need to acknowledge our dependence on his grace and mercy. Humility means live a holy life. You see, endeavoring to live a life pleasing to God is a sign of humility. And furthermore, the word says that without holiness, no one shall see the Lord. Did in Hebrews chapter 12. And I want to see the Lord. And so let's endeavor to live a holy life. Lives which please God. Living repented lives. Living in humility. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Here's another foundation. Number three. Faith and hope. And I'm combining these two for the sake of time. But in the Bible, they often go together anyway. Because they are interlinked. Faith and hope, they work together. 1 Peter 1.21 says the following. Through him, through Jesus, you believe in God. Who raised him, Jesus, from the dead and glorified him. And so, your faith and hope, see they together, your faith and hope are in God. Hallelujah. In the preceding verses to this one, Peter is saying that we were redeemed. In other words, the price of our sin was paid by the precious blood of Christ, who was chosen and ordained before the foundation of the world. And now Jesus has been revealed to us and through him, through Jesus, we believe in God. And so our hope and faith are in God, not in anything else. And this world puts their hopes in so many things instead of putting their hope in God. So our hope and our faith is not in good luck. (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) What's that? Our faith and hope is not in good luck. It's not in the stars. What's your sign, brother? (laughs) No. Our faith and hope is not in the stars. It's not in myths. It's not in religion. It's in God. Hmm? In God. In a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen. So, that is what our faith is. Listen, we have to be real, folks. The new year, this new year, will bring its share of problems and of pain. You better believe it. It's going to happen. Tell me one year in your life, in the past, where it did not happen. Give me one year that you went from January to December without one spot of pain or disappointment or... hmm? It is part of life, people. We live in a broken world, sinful world. And until Jesus returns and makes things right in this earth, we are going to have to endure such things. And so, the new year will bring its share of problems, pain, disappointment, and grief. The new year will also bring its share of breakthroughs and of healings and, and of victories and of achievements, of celebrations and of joy. Hallelujah. Amen. It will be. And we have to learn. To rejoice with those who rejoice and to weep with those who weep. We have to know when to fight and when to resist. And when to let go and rest. How do we know, Pastor? Well, that is why you need to walk with the Lord, isn't it? That's why I have to have that, that close relationship. We do this with faith. 
We do this with the guidance of the Holy Spirit. We do this in the hope that for believers, it always ends well. Even if there is a season of pain and loss, in the end, it will be well. Amen? It will be well with us. We persevere because we know that the kingdom of God shall prevail. It's not a matter of if it prevails. It shall prevail. We know this. And that is why we can persevere. Hallelujah. Hmm? Our hope lies not in a new year, but in a new age that is to come. Huh? A new age. There is coming a day when there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, according to Revelation 21.4. There is coming a day when heaven and earth will come together and God will come to live with his people. And it's all because of what Jesus has done for us in the cross. Faith and hope. Working together. Folks, let's build this year on faith and hope. Amen. Let's not be surprised by the surprises because God doesn't get surprised by anything. When you think something is overwhelming you, surprising you, run to the Lord. In Him, you can find solace. In Him, you can find guidance, comfort, direction, guidance. He'll give you wisdom to deal with whatever it is. Faith and hope. One more foundation. Number four, love. You see, you cannot follow Christ and not build on this foundation. The Bible says in 1 John 4, 8, He who does not love does not know God because God is love. God doesn't have love. God doesn't feel love every now and then. The Bible says God is Love, there's a difference. Love is who God is. He cannot help but loving because it's who he is. And it is something we have to continue learning about, experiencing from God, practicing it and helping others to find it and experience it too. The word says in Jude 1.21, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Keep yourselves in the love of God. You see, love is an action that we take. It's a choice that we make. Of course, no one loves like God loves but if each one of us endeavors to love others, we would build a better world. Love is the fulfillment of the law. If you love your neighbor, you will not harm them in any way, at least not intentionally. Obviously, accidents can happen, but you're not going to wake up and endeavor to harm your neighbor if there is love. Where there is love, there is forgiveness. Where there is love, there is rebuilding. Where there is love, there is no quick judgments. There is no quickly feeling offended. No quick breaking up of communication or relationship or friendship or fellowship or cancellation. All this rubbish cancel culture you see these days. That is a sign of no love. This world needs love, people. 
and as followers of Christ, we somehow need to allow that love to fill us, flood us, and help us to show love to others. We need a lot more love in our homes, in our churches, in our workplaces, in our schools, in our communities. And it begins with you. Begins with you and with me as followers of Christ, allowing his love to fill us, putting on that love. What did he say? Keep yourselves in the love of Christ, keeping ourselves in his love. May God help you and I to build 2022 with a lot more love in our lives. Amen? As I close, here's a reality check. 2022 is going to be another challenging year for our planet. We're still, we will still be dealing with the effects and after effects of this pandemic. We will still be adjusting our lives as things evolved. We have to face reality. Now we have to choose. Are we going to focus on vaccine issues, on spreading conspiracy theories, on spreading fear, confusion, uh, rebellion to others? Or are we going to have God-given and blessed goals <laughs> and objectives to live our lives by? Look back. Look at what the fear mongers have achieved so far. They've been spreading stories. As a, what have they achieved with their lives so far? But look at those who have ignored all the fear-mongering and just moved on with their lives and built on God-given goals. What's the difference? Compare their achievements. What do you want for your life in 2022? Listen, as God's people, we know who we are and what our life is all about. In the words of Paul, for me, to love is Christ and to die is gain. And so if I live or die in Christ, I do not lose. Whether I'm alive or dead in Christ, I don't lose because I am with him. Now, that does not mean I'm going to live carelessly. No way. I am going to live carefully. I will do what is right for me and for others and then trust my life in Father's hands. But while I live, I will endeavor to build on biblical foundations, not on humanistic, worldly theories. Amen? Amen? And I invite you to do the same. What about you? And as this new year unfolds, may you also build your life on the foundation of gratitude, on the foundation of humility, on the foundation of faith and hope, and on the foundation of love for His glory. Amen? The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. May you have a blessed 2022. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Happy New Year.